Check out. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle Kanan, and you're listening to the Radically Selfish podcast. Radically Selfish is a movement. It's a personal revolution. And so I'm talking to women that have personally revolutionized their own lives and taken back the definition for what it means to be happy, healthy, and to do things their own way. Fuck what society tells you to do. You get to live the life that you want. Hey, this is Michelle Kanan. If you've been enjoying these inspiring conversations with legendary women that are really living life on their own terms, then I invite you to a new group mastermind experience that I'm launching this month called Do You. Do You is a group where I'm connecting powerful women that are looking to learn how to prioritize themselves and live a life that lights them up. What do I do? Well, I help powerful women rekindle their inner fire, making their desires the priority to live a passionate, healthy, and radically happy life from the inside out. If this sounds like it's for you, if you have a dream that you're looking to put into action, or if you're just really looking to reconnect with yourself and your inner wisdom and intuition, then be in touch with me and we can see if the Do You group is right for you. You can shoot me an email hell yes at radicallyselfish.com or you can find me on Instagram at radicallyselfish. Let's talk because spots are filling up fast and I want you to do you as much as you do. Talk to you soon. Today I'm talking to the inspiring and straight up mom and daughter duo from the legendary online video platform Style Like You. I'm a major fan of Lily and Elisa and their What's Underneath series and I have a not so secret wish to be featured one day. How they're able to get so personal so quickly, inspiring such raw vulnerability in their interview subjects, especially as they're taking off their clothes on the internet. In this conversation, I flipped the mic over to them and fell in love with Lily, who's not only beautiful and curvaceous, but really coming into her own. I'm totally inspired by crop tops, high waists and curves. Hey. And her mom, Elisa, who left behind a prestigious career in fashion to empower her daughter, herself and recommit to creativity, uniqueness and doing what she knew is right in her heart. I loved our talk and I know you will, too. Hi, this is Michelle Kanan, and this is the Radically Selfish Podcast. And today I'm here with two amazing women, self-identified as Batman and Robin, also known as the mother-daughter duo behind Style Like You. That's Elisa and Lily. Hi, ladies. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So I'm intimately aware of Style Like You, as are the millions and millions of people that watch your videos. But I thought I'd start by letting you talk about your amazing project and the inspiration behind it and what it brings you and what it brings the people that you have on your show. Um, so basically, we have a, a platform called Style Like You, um, and we make docu-style videos about people with unique personal style. But the message of all the videos is that their style and beauty is a result of their comfort in their own skin and their sense of self-acceptance um and so we have a number of different video formats that like um feature people who are unapologetic comfortable in their own skin have an and thus have an amazing sense of style but through that through our interviews which are really intimate and deep um and personal um we kind of uncover the person's journey towards self-acceptance and 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 
yeah, kind of, and with the goal that kind of showing people that style and beauty is something that's internal and it's not about trying to conform to any trend or keep up with what the fashion media might be saying is the ideal of beauty at the time. Um, that it's really, if you are, if you recognize what's kind of unrepeatable about you and own that inside of yourself, then you will radiate style and beauty. So that's kind of, that's our mission. And we have, a series that is the thing that we're most known for called the what's underneath project. Um, and that's a series of profile interviews where as we're interviewing our subjects, they're slowly undressing until they're in their underwear. Um, and that, that was like our, um, the project was sparked because we had already sort of realized that style and beauty was within. So we wanted to show that to the world by having people actually take off the clothes to show that it's not about the clothes at all. It's just about being comfortable in your own skin. But that has taken us on a really like crazy journey because we didn't realize that that project was going to kind of take off in the way it did and touch people in the way that it has and touch us and transform us and uh, get us kind of touch on so many ills of the society and so many like uh, ways that people have been told that they're not good enough or not beautiful enough. And yeah, so that's my synopsis. Do you have something to add, mom? That's my, my overview. No, I think that's... That says it all. I mean, maybe just that at the end of the day, it, it would be a dream of ours to see people um, accept themselves and have a level of comfort in their skin that they felt free to love dressing and to, and to have fun with clothing and to not be intimidated and afraid of it. Uh, to not feel that they're excluded from this conversation, mm. um, but that this conversation and clothing is something for everyone and not for only a few pretentious people. <laughs> that it's, you know, that it's something that should bring people together, like, and it, and it, and should, and that is very soulful. Yeah, I, um, a lot of things were sparked in my head while you guys were talking. One of them is that I, I remember I feel like in New York, uh, it used to be, or I mean, I grew up in New York, that fashion, people, the way people dress on the streets was so much more uh, colorful or different or unique and that like something changed on the streets here and that there was a way that like things became so much more homogeneous and, and normalized in a way. And so I really, one of the reasons I really appreciate your platform and also you guys both, the way that you dress, is it's just so beautiful and uplifting to look at all these people being unique and being themselves and just fully expressed and, and being visible in that kind of way. Yeah. Well, that's very intentional. I mean, that what you're describing as the streets of New York is something that we, I find particularly to be very, very sad having lived in New York and lived in a world um, in the 80s and in the 90s when things were, as you said, like very different and where it was actually quite the opposite and people were not all wearing the same thing and, and had a, um, felt freer to be an individual and to stand out from the crowd. You know, sadly, I think this issue is everywhere now and it has to do with corporations and marketing really uh, preying on our lowest common denominator and our fears and our need uh, you know creating creating a fear a fear of, of a, a lot of othering and a fear of standing out and a, f a fear of being you know to this or to that which I think is all very exciting we should all be too much of everything right and it's you know it's really not a small thing it's like it's a very serious thing actually because um, it's unconscious, I think, for a lot of people. The fashion and beauty industries have 
uh, made everybody feel, you know, like their lowest selves so that they feel a need to buy things uh, to make that, you know, to become whole and to make themselves feel better about themselves when the way we see it is that you are whole already and you don't, you know, it, all those things are great, the things that you put on and, you know, have fun with it all. But um, it, I, I think it, we really need to get awakened to the fact that it's very important to know, you know, to understand that this kind of lowest common denominator and the forgetting of what exp- self-expression is and all of that is something that's, you know, it's not superficial, it's deep, it, it should be meaningful, and it's something that we would really like to see people become awakened to in the streets and what we make for people to become more what we're, what 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 is demanded from people to be created is more interesting and more unique and more authentic and not mass and you know while you're talking about that it i'm really hearing how it's part of like this larger socio-political movement that's mm-hmm. happening right now mm-hmm. like i feel really energized and excited by like all the people in the streets and like and how they're using social media to like share their voices and how they're demonstrating and using t-shirts to like share messages even if they might be mass produced still that they have like an opinion or something to say and so it Mm -hmm. does feel like this kind of shift is happening in the narrative Mm -hmm. what do you think i think there is I, i think there is a shift i think the shift we're at a time right now where it's extreme and really insidious and really ubiquitous, the globalization and the control that the corporations have. Um, but at the same time, I think there is this awakening and, and, a, and, a, and, and a revolution at the same time. So we're kind of, we're, we're right. We're right at that turning point. So I think there's both. And I read the other day that um, Bono said that there is, you know, with that, that things have to be completely dark in order to really see light. Um, that's where I think we are actually. And we're starting to see the light. So I, I do think that we are. And I think that if you show people that they can love themselves, I mean, it's, it's inevitable which place they're going to go. And people are showing people that and, and, and reminding them, you know, because I, I, I think people don't realize, you know, a lot of people just don't realize that they're not loving themselves as much as they can. Hmm. I think that, I think, Along those lines that social, it's like one of the great things I think about social media is how it has given voice to so many different people and communities that were, would have not had a platform before, like with, you know, just when the magazines, you know, dictated everything or, um, and so I think there's a lot of problems with social media, but I think one of the good things is how many, you know, more places there are to discover people that you relate to or that, you know, like niche communities that you can get behind and stand behind. And so I think that's also like, so I think there's a lot of like progressive movements happening in a more accelerated way than they were like before Mm -hmm. social media. But then I think that's also why like corp, you know, corporate culture and Trump and everything is also like happening. It's like this polar, it's like two forces are like really extreme mm-hmm. and getting like going against each other now. Dark and light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. The more light and then the more Trump is like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause obviously like we would have never been able to have to make anything happen without social media. That's right. So. And I think the concern for me coming from a different generation is that coming from the seventies as a teenager and the eighties in New York, um, in my twenties, I, it, it does, it concerns me a little bit, the, the shallowness, of sort of information. And so it doesn't really give people a chance to, uh, you, you know, a lot about a lot of things, but you don't go really you know little about a lot of things. 
you know a little about a lot of things, but you don't know a lot about a few things, or let's just say. And like, so I just think there's this sort of rapid kind of grabbing on to whatever everyone is saying at the time. And there's sort of a lack of kind of really thinking and, and discerning and nuance and layers. And I think you can really, that goes into music, that goes into art, that goes into clothing, that goes into, uh, again, what I was saying before, taking a stand, not going with the crowd, maybe don't, don't everyone just judge so quickly something. Yeah, I think I think one of there's a real for me there's a concern right now with like this sort of everyone standing in their own corner and not really coming together even though they really are have a lot in common and together we'd be stronger. So I think I think there's a, I'm a little bit concerned about that. That's kind of off topic. I'm I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but um, no, I can understand what you're talking about because yeah. on the one hand, like everything moves so fast. And it's like, if you don't grab on with your say or with your opinion, like the moment's over and like, and you don't even have a chance in, even if you might say your opinion to really process like how you feel or Mm -hmm. all the facts or like to really understand or move through something quickly. So there's that. And then something else I see in social media too is like, it's like people share um, a moment or like they share the lesson after they've like got to that point but like there's so much involved to get to that point like how everyone is sharing like um how good they feel neglecting to talk about like how many days or hours or weeks like it took them to get to that point and so you're like missing the full experience and the full journey journey that's a very important part of style like you is that's why the videos are longer and we'd like them to even be longer and that's why they're 12 minutes now, approximately the what's underneath videos, 10 to 15 minutes. And that's a lot longer than most videos online. Um, and, and that's very purposeful because we really, you know, because someone's journey is, takes that, I mean, like that's what a person, that's the time that's needed to really experience um, someone expressing a transformation and a catharsis and then for you to be able to like have some kind of meaningful experience with it. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's, it's lost like everything, you know, just the, the, the selling of everything so quickly and shortening it all and flattening it all out. And so it goes faster. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we, you end up missing the really key message, um, of, I think of life, um, which I think maybe at 60, I can finally say these things and like, uh, you know, not be embarrassed to say, but like, which is, um, you know, there's no skipping over the journey and there's no skipping over identity. Like identity is something that comes with a journey and, you know, many turns and many falls and, you know, and it's not something you can just like, Oh, get a certain job, buy a certain thing, have a bag, have a, you know, go on this vacation, do this. And, you know, you have identity. It's like identity is just very, it's very deep and it's complex. It's true. And yet while you're saying that, I think of how easily it is now for people to construct an identity Mm -hmm. and like you can have an appearance of who you are, how you are. And so I'm often so blown away. I don't know why, because it's so, it happens all the time. But when I meet somebody offline that I've known from online and their energy is so different than like how they present themselves and Mm -hmm. like how you see them, it's incredible. Yeah, and that's what's scary about social media. It's really scary (laughs) because you just forget that that these people are having like 
three-dimensional real experiences and mm -hmm. yeah so we try really hard. it's really it's a we're everyday yeah, challenge yeah well that's why video is so important to us because you can like see the person's messy way of talking and messiness in general and like crying crying and yeah vulnerabilities and and I think it's needed like more than ever in in a way like because you might be seeing someone that you've only seen on Instagram and then you see them what they're talking about in our videos and you realize that like you don't have to feel bad about your life and compared to I mean you can look up to them but that you have a lot more in common than you might have realized and right yeah and I and also the shame, taking the shame away and like uh, the shame of having some messiness or, or like lots of messiness like or crisis or whatever you want to call it like everyone has those in their lives and they're actually very important they're very important they're they're messages they're ways that you transform they're healing mm -hmm. as you i'm sure know like they're healing oh. you know they heal you crises and all that so it's we just feel like it's just so important to, for people to understand that and like to and 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 to not feel that they have to uh, simplify and put up a facade in order to be loved, you know, and to love themselves or, and, or to feel that they'll be loved back, you know, that you really, you really loved for, I, you can't, I, I mean, it's to make a real connection, I think is to be, is to have that vulnerability and. Hmm. And I could see in a way how, through doing one of your videos or being featured or that somebody could like, it's not only to be loved by others, but that they could develop that kind of relationship or have that point of reflection inside of themselves well, and with themselves. Most importantly, first. That. Right. Yeah, most you mean like through the actual interview process? Yeah, I could see. Because yeah. even how, Alisa, you're talking about like how things just move so fast. It's like, we'll post something and then like it's over. Like I shared that, like what's mm -hmm. next? Like that your videos or your interviews are moments of real like self-reflection. Yeah. And yeah, I think the person like... Uh, you know, undergoes a like a catharsis every time that we interview someone yeah because they're also being given like the sacred like time and space to be like um to share parts of themselves that they may have never even like talked about and then also like we truly like fall in love with everyone that we interview while we're interviewing them so i think there's like this like beautiful exchange that happens where they see like in real time that they're being like loved for their struggle and for their pain and like that we think it's beautiful because we do and it helps us mm -hmm. feel more beauty in our pain and struggle mm -hmm. by exchanging that with them so mm -hmm. and they're being like so themselves in that yeah. moment right like without pretend and like yeah. literally the undressing right it's yeah. like this is more and more who i am yeah, who yeah. i am and they're all, yeah and then they're in that moment they're also being forced to like claim their bodies too like because they're even if you know even if we're picking people we do try to pick people who we think have like a degree of self-acceptance, though we don't really view self-acceptance as like an end goal. It's like a practice and it's something that's messy and changes every day. But like, so we pick people that we think have some sense yeah. of it and like, you know, may, you know, aren't mired in their own self-hate. But I think they, they're so, that that moment is like a real claiming of self-acceptance, like sitting there to having just bared your whole, all your shit <laughs> and you're in your, and your body's out there, like in a way where you're not, hiding or there's no photoshop and there's no filter and there's nothing and you're like sitting you know that you're it's like a it's a powerful moment i think to claim yeah. who you are and also yeah. I, I i think that they we found that when we started style like you with the closets at the beginning um the first few years we did these closets videos um where we went into people's homes and just explored their style and their story same 
investigation into self-image and identity and how the style related to that. And same focus on diversity and everyone one to the next was completely different, different background, race, gender, sexuality, body, breaking every box we possibly could. Um, that has, you know, the boxes that we're all forced, have, have feel forced to fit into. Um, um, and they truly, I, 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 we would notice that at the end of the shoot where we would spend a lot of time with them, many hours and, and love every minute of it. And like, but the end was always the cover of the video. That last photo at the end of the video was always the cover because that's when they felt they did you could see that they felt so beautiful because of the attention and the questions that we were asking and that there was like a really deep opening and a real, and, and, and there, and they were radiating by the end of the interview. Um, you know, just feeling like safe and feeling loved and feeling accepted and feeling able to like open up. And the same thing happens in what's underneath. Like they, people literally transform to that point. So at the end of the day, our beauty um, and our style has nothing to do with anything on the outside whatsoever. At the end of the day, it has nothing to do with it. It's like, it, because it all comes out um, when, when inside, you know, as you were saying, like when, when, when they're being radically honest and truthful about themselves and like that, that is beauty and that is style. Yeah, I really want to honor you for creating that kind of space because most people have the misconception that like to be that kind of vulnerable and to share that kind of pain that it's a, a burden for others like or to be that mm -hmm. kind of real not to just be like mm -hmm. fine and okay and like stand the surface mm -hmm. that it would be heavy or that like other people would begrudge them for like dumping mm -hmm. on them and you show time and time again like the power of that and how connective it is and how transformative and powerful it is mm -hmm. thank you i mean yeah. we don't like consciously it kind of all happened accidentally but we i think it's just genuine that like how it, it feels good to connect like I truly like enjoy hearing about people's journeys and find them beautiful and inspiring for it. And it like help, it just feels like helpful to us and to yeah, connective and helpful on our own. So it just, it doesn't feel at all like a burden ever. Yeah. They're yeah. like little myths. Yeah. I feel they're like, it's like mythology. And because we find over time with the amount of people, we've interviewed so many people between all of the video series that they, it, you can see, you know, it's almost like, Within, within all of us are these myth, myths and um, ubiquitous universal myths within each of us, which is so, I find that like, so that's incredibly exciting to me. Like what, you know, that within each person that you don't have to be famous, you know, you don't have that, that within every human being is this like mythological person that that you know has uh, has many teachings and and offerings and in, in their just in their story hmm. right like they yeah. don't have to be a guru like yeah. or you it's like you are the healer you are the guru it's just mm -hmm. like by speaking your truth you're mm -hmm. helping somebody else naturally Absolutely. or you're opening a space mm -hmm. for somebody else naturally right yeah totally hmm. yeah i really <laughs> i really love that yeah it's really i i think that that's a very exciting to, you know, and, and also undermines again, like the, what the society is telling you that you have to be one of these five celebrities that they focus on. So that's, they're selling things to and, uh, and making money from. And like, so everybody then feels less about themselves. Like they don't matter. 
Um, I mean, ageism is like talking about not mattering. I think, I think ageism is, this is all criminal activity as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, ageism is among the criminal activities, um, in terms of making people feel as though they are insignificant, um, over a very ridiculously young age in this culture. Um, no one is insignificant with time. I mean, as, as, as a matter of fact, it's like literally quite the opposite, but people are made to feel that way. Um, and we're made to feel that there's just one way to be beautiful. Um, and that's a completely, it, we were talking about this earlier that it's become capitalism on steroids has become, has created a, uh, a, a standard of beauty that really literally almost no one can fit into. It's, it's almost, it's like, it's like an avatar, you know? So that's the opposite of aging. It's the opposite of the, of life. It's the opposite. I mean, how, how can we buy into this? Buying into something that's the opposite of life. Like it's, it's, it's of everything natural, of everything natural. Like it's, it's a ticket to misery. Right. I mean, what you're talking about is us buying into an ideology that is saying like, don't be you mm -hmm. try to be this other thing, like mm -hmm. spend this money. Impossible thing. Right. Yeah. And like erase everything about you that like to fit into this one thing, you have to erase everything natural that like is going on. And even just like on a physical level, like everything natural, of course, on an internal level, but like, why would we like want to erase wrinkles or why do we want to erase like Skin color. Skin color hair. or the nose that like was like our dad or our grandfather or yeah. like, like why would we, that's like psychotic. I mean, if you really think about it, it's it like crazy that we like, and like there are billion dollar industries that are like profiting off of like exploiting our like lowest selves and our insecurities. And um, yeah, we were interviewing someone that said like style, fashion and style is not just who you, it's like not just a reflection of who you are, but it's also a reflection of who you want to be. Like how you dress is a reflection of who you want to be. And so it's kind of, crim it's so how, how criminal is it that, and that's like vulnerable. Who do you want to be? Is it, that's a vulnerable thing about some, that says something vulnerable, it's accessing something vulnerable about someone. And, and these industries are like profiting off of exploiting that like sweet vulnerability of like who you want to be kind of, and making you, and yeah, making you think you have to be this thing that's, well, that will never be back in yeah. the street, the avatar on the street wearing the same clothes and the same in the same colors and the same. It's like it's all like boiled down to like this one. Oh, I want to say you know, thing. Yeah. And the thing that we've like learned, I mean, we've really learned all of this that we're talking about when mm -hmm. anything we're saying right now, we didn't like know when we started style <laughs> like you. We like just had this like instinct to interview certain people and they like kind of taught us our message or like taught us our mission in a way like mm -hmm. over the years. But the thing that we've like learned after interviewing hundreds of people who we find so beautiful um, and inspiring is that like the reason that they are beautiful and inspiring to us is that they embrace the very thing about themselves that is otherwise deemed like not cool, you know, the thing that you should erase by the rest of the world or by the culture at large. So like mm -hmm. the girl who like totally like embodies her like fat and her roles and makes them just like this amazing like thing you just want to like you just want to be like squishy like her because she owns mm -hmm. it. Like she truly like transforms that thing that you would otherwise be taught to hate into the thing that actually makes her like beautiful or the 88 year old who um, wants to be a year older. She says she's 88, but she's really 87 because she wants to be older. Cause why does she want to look younger or be younger is what she says in her video. 
And like she makes you, yeah, like owning her age is what makes her such a badass that we would pick to be interviewed. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's just like this reverse of everything I mean, we've been taught. I mean, she's cooler, the coolest yeah. person ever. And she's, you know, she's 80, 90 now, but like, so there goes that myth. Right. Yeah, I was, um, <laughs> over Christmas, I went on vacation with my grandma. Mm. And, um, and when I got there, she was there with one of her girlfriends who like left a couple of days after and they like made me an honorary old lady with them. And it was like the most fun thing ever. Oh. Yeah. Like the, the, one of the grandmas, her friend was, she became a painter when she was 65. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, you'll, you'll be cool like us when you're our age. And I was like, yeah, right on, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what you're talking about is. I mean, it's in its in its way, its own form of like it's healing. It's extremely mm-hmm. healing what you're talking about, and that there's so many like healing modalities and practices out there, and we're sitting in like a healing center right now. But what you're talking about are ways that people can bring more healing into their life by just deciding to be so unapologetically themselves. And in fact, like look at all the things that they might've been shamed for, like Mm -hmm. criticized for as they were growing up or misunderstood Mm -hmm. by other people. But ultimately like there comes a point in your journey where you decide like, this is me. Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to fall in love with myself or am Mm -hmm. I going to torture myself and struggle with this for the rest of my life? And it's a real decision Mm -hmm. that you, that somebody can make for themselves. No, definitely. That's so true. It's, it's, it is really healing. And we get lots of, um, we get lots and lots and lots of messages about very intense, amazing things that, you know, down, you know, everything from being recovering from eating disorders from something that someone said about loving their mouth and that, cause that's a place that they eat to like, hmm. you know, that prompting something in someone to like really, you know, to recover from like an eating disorder to not committing suicide to coming out, um, as, or to expressing their gender and their sexuality and age and everything. We get lots and lots and lots from all over the world where people have been very liberated and gotten through hard times, like very hard times watching these videos over and over. Hmm. So also the bravery of the people that have done it, uh, we feel so indebted to them. Um, even with the closets from the very beginning, letting, you know, those days, like almost 10 years ago, to go into someone's house with a video camera and have them, you know, talk personally about themselves like that. It, it was very special. They're very special that they let us do that. So you know? talk about, I'm just talk, curious about selfishness. Like what do you guys get out of this project? Like, I know there's so many amazing things that you're talking about. Like, what is your biggest turn on about this project or like what fulfills you the most about doing this kind of work with people? I mean, I'm just like endlessly fascinated by people's stories. So I just like truly enjoy interviewing them and hearing, and, and yeah, like hearing other people's struggles and then how they've kind of overcome or are working through them, like just helps me with every, no matter who we're interviewing, somehow like it speaks to exactly what we're going through at that time and like helps Isn't that us crazy? through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that on a selfish note, yeah, that's like it's like every time it's just like you know you're gonna like learn something about what and like be given some kind of mirror to what mm-hmm. you're going through. I mean for me it was like it was my tool for for a while. I mean I think I've come so far that I don't even know if that's what I'm learning from it anymore as much. But like for a while it was my doing these interviews like was my tool for like healing my own body shame and struggle like 100% like I overcame my own body image issues like through 
the beauty that I saw in the people I was interviewing and how they were able to transform, you know, the things that were outside of the norm into their greatest asset. Like, and, and when I genuinely saw them as beautiful, I was able to like turn that back on myself and realize that I could switch like 180 degrees switch how I saw myself. So it's almost to the point that I don't remember because I like don't I don't remember like the hating myself version of me, but it was not that long ago. You know, it was when I started this. So well, I want to yeah. I want to <laughs> highlight that for a second, because a lot of people like that are in their journey, mm-hmm. they might feel like, oh, this will never end or this could never mm-hmm. change. So I just really want to honor and highlight what you just said, that yeah. we, we can get to a point where there is this huge shift or there's a huge difference in yeah. what we're going through. So, um, yeah, I think that's also a really important point that you said too. how watching somebody else blossom or watching somebody else mm-hmm. heal or unfold or become mm-hmm. more powerful can empower mm-hmm. the viewer, empower the people around them. Because I think that's also a misconception that we're taught that mm-hmm. like there's only a hundred percent of something and like the more powerful someone else gets, that means the weaker other people oh. around them get or yeah. the better someone else does. That means they get more of the pie and like we're losing mm-hmm. out. And what you're talking about is a perfect example of how when we empower someone else, it empowers everyone around them that's like watching this happen and Mm -hmm. gives them ideas and like takes them on that journey too. Right, right. And I think that like if we weren't being personally transformed by each interview, like we would have to stop. You know what I mean? Like we, I think that the reason that like it is effective in the world and that like people get something out of these videos is because it's like truly as we're interviewing them, like supporting and helping us and empowering (coughs) us. And that then helps and empowers the community. And then the community empowers the person who did it and like reinforces it. It's like a loop of like Mm -hmm. empowerment because yeah, I think everyone in the, in the, chain is like being empowered somehow so i wonder because i i was always thinking oh they must pick people based on their outfits or something but it sounds almost like an energetic decision like that you that you know that they're like in a certain place or like Mm -hmm. there's a certain kind of vulnerability that they'll bring it's so intuitive and i think that people don't like know how to like process that like we never know how to explain kind of like it's not like a checklist of any kind as far as how we pick people, yeah, it's super intuitive. And yeah, it's like knowing that that person is at that point in their lives where they're going to be open and willing to share and that it, but not perfect. It's like, it's, yeah, it's aspirational t- and <laughs> inclusive. Like there's a certain level of aspiration, but also very inclusive. Like they, they, they're very warm, they're very open, they're very willing to share. So it's, you know, it's like you don't you don't feel less of yourself. You feel more of yourself. You're empowered by them. You know what you're, you're making me think of is like how people think that they need to be like somebody in order to be re- recognized or like better mm-hmm. than themselves. But it's not true. It's just like, you know, when somebody becomes a magnet or like just because they're so themselves, mm-hmm. not because they dress a certain way or Definitely. because they have a certain position mm-hmm. or something like that. It's just like they're in this journey of of how much of themselves they can be. And so everybody like wants to be right. around them. It's just that. Yeah. It is just that. You can put the same most expensive $20,000 Gucci dress on that one person who's got that and the other one that doesn't, or just a t-shirt. And they, the way that that person embodies that. 
Yeah, because it's, yeah. <laughs> I'll be vulnerable with you. So I, I knew you guys were coming. So I was like, what am I going to wear? <laughs> People say that. <laughs> but then I was just at, at a certain point, I was just like, whatever, you know, like I want to feel good when I'm talking to you. I don't want to be busy with like, right. what's my outfit going to be? And are they yeah. going to like me because of my outfit or not? And I just, cause right. that I'm with myself, right? I have like yeah. a connection to who I am. Like, I don't need you to like me for right. it, you yeah. know? So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. No, yeah, yeah. And that's, like, one of my, like, biggest pet peeves about, like, fashion in general is that, like, that that that's what, in, in, not that you're saying that, that about us, but, like, that that's what it inspire that it evokes in people. Like, whenever I say to someone, like, if I have to categorize what I'm doing as, like, I'm in the fashion industry, I don't know what industry to totally yeah. say I'm in, but if I were to just, like, I didn't have the energy to explain what I do, and I'm like, yeah, I do something in fashion, I know that they're going to think immediately that I'm, like, somehow going to judge them. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, their first... Mm-hmm. go to and I'm like oh my god like no like you don't understand like I the opposite but I think that's one of the sad like effects of the way that the, me- the fashion media has like taught people what, what fashion is it's like you're in or you're out or you're like mm-hmm. you're yeah like you're keeping up with it or you're not or you're yeah and and you're on the best dress or the worst dress and it's like that is so fucked up and like so not what it should be and is one of my biggest pet peeves and I yeah I used to never want to be doing anything in this arena because of that I used to say to my mom like no I can't be in fashion do anything in fashion it's so superficial and mean yeah so mean why would yeah. we want to be in, in this mean industry why would clothing be mean <laughs> I mean I really just don't understand that well I never thought of you guys as in fashion I think precisely right. for that reason because there's nothing like it's not a snapshot moment mm-hmm. like of anything that you do right. even like if you share a picture on Instagram there's such like an explanation underneath it and like mm-hmm. a context with it that everything that you, there's nothing as superficial as it might seem there's nothing superficial about right. it and I feel like you guys are so mindful about that we try yeah. thank you I'm glad that you feel that way yeah for sure <laughs> that's a little bit why we made maybe struggle with social media a little bit because we we really just don't have it in us to like to, to be any other way you know to be like fakey fakey kind of you know even like we just can't do that so it takes us a really long time to get a post like you know we have to feel truly inspired <laughs> yeah. and like what do we really want to say force our, or force ourselves to like share something that we like don't even want to share because mm-hmm. we're like we, if we're going to share something, like it has to be meaningful and vulnerable and like mirror what we're, our philosophy. So we have to like go there, yeah. even if it's like, oh, damn it. Do I, I mean, really have to share all this? I would like to do love much more. I mean, I love, I just love getting dressed every day so much and it's so much fun for me and such an artistic expression. And I, I think I'd go out of my mind if I didn't have it. Um, but it, but it, but it, um, and so I could maybe post more, you know, with that, because that there's plenty of that. But I don't do it because I don't want to do what everyone else, like, I feel like we're, like, I just want the message to be clear mm-hmm. and that, that this is like, that this is coming from a place of where there's that, we're, that, that you know, where there's not the, yeah, that there's not this association with dressing as something just, oh, I just have it. And I just, you know, like, like those outfit of the day posts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just can't, I can't do that. I want it. I want it. I, I, I can't express myself and be, feel like I'm being true to myself if I'm doing that. It just, it doesn't feel true to myself because I know so much that my style is tied a lot to, um, much deeper things like, 
um, um, things that I'm going through. It changes depending on what I'm going through. It's tied to um, defiance and protest, and it's tied to, uh, um, you know, just everything, a political, emotional, wanting to be understood. understood. Yeah, yeah, just so many different things. So I can't, I can't, no, I think Do this any is other way. really important what you're bringing up because like when I was growing up, I was taught to, my mom always said, is it flattering? Like that was her, mm-hmm. her judgment or like that was the lens that I was taught to look at an outfit. Like, is it flattering or not? Mm-hmm. And it was only when I became an adult that I realized like there were many different reasons or ways to dress. And like in my own evolution, it was like, then I wanted to dress sexy. You know, I wanted people to like me. I wanted like that kind of attention and that kind of validation. And you're almost talking like about dressing as some kind of mindfulness practice, Mm -hmm. you know, totally. I don't think a lot of people realize is an option or that's something that they can like bring into their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. or they even just have a limited frame of like, Mm -hmm. I want to be pretty or I want to be sexy Mm -hmm. or I want people to like me. Instead of I want to be conscious. Right. Right. Like who, it's really about that. Right. Like if you're coming from a conscious place with it, then it's going to be really great. And not just like green. No, no, no. no. I mean like just conscious of what is it that you want to express and who Mm -hmm. are you and what's your feeling, right? What are you feeling? And like, what is it? What are you seeing? Or what, you know, just, just a very instinctual thing. Like, I think that we're, so we're, we're, there's such a, we're so distant from instincts. Like it's like instincts are people don't even hardly know what their instincts, their own instincts are because it's hard to know what your own instincts are when you're counting on likes and you're counting right. on external validation. Like what is your own instinct um, about something? And I think that dressing is such an instinctual thing. And I mean, it's very exciting when it's instinctual. Like it's so intangible what it is that, that for me, what great style, like it can be so, so, so simple. And so what other people would not think is style at all. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just definitely like, as you said, like it's, it's just definitely a, um, it's like a gut feeling and it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's energetic more than it is like how, than, than a thing, things. Right. You know? Yeah. And you could even make it like protest because there came a point where I was just like, I don't care if it's flattering, right? Like I learned as a curvy woman, I shouldn't wear horizontal stripes or I shouldn't like tuck, like tuck in my shirts or like, you know, and, and when I consciously went against that and I was like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to be pretty. I don't care if you think I'm pretty. I don't care if you think I'm, this is flattering. Like I feel great or I feel cool or I, it's so much more about like the feeling and not like the perception that you're trying to get somebody well, else and, and to then, have. And then there's that individual thinking and standing alone and, and thinking more deeply because what's pretty, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty to me. Pretty is defiance. Pretty is not going along with what's pretty. That's pretty. Mm-hmm. So, so exactly. So, um, it's just that thinking of what we're being handed and the Kool-Aid that we're asking to be, to drink. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, cause like I had to learn a, a, lots of lessons in that way. Like it's just asking ourselves, like, why do we believe those things? Like who taught you to think that who taught you to believe that? Like, why do you just take that as truth? Like also the word nice, 
Like mm -hmm. I thought I had to be nice, mm -hmm. and then I thought if I mm -hmm. act a certain way, then I'm not nice, and if I'm not nice, then people don't like me. And I was freed very recently of the need to be nice. Somebody gave me the permission or taught me like about this attachment that I thought I had to a way that I thought that I needed to be or even when I told somebody like you know what I don't I'm not pretty I don't care and it was like <gasps> like the heart like no no you're you are pretty mm -hmm. you know like you poor thing you don't and I'm like no it's not about that you know I just don't want to like be defined in that kind mm -hmm. of way and I don't want to have to try to live up to some kind of ideal that yeah. isn't even like reflected honestly back at me to begin with like who are we you know like who do we want to be right and we can make that yeah. we can decide that for ourselves mm -hmm. and that is beautiful like let's put it that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, how that how could you defy? How could you doubt that? You know, it's just or that I mean, or that knowing that people that doubt that like they're on some other shit right. and it's not right. it's not my business and it's also not my problem. Well, it's just programming, right? Instead of your, it's not instinctual. It's not truthful to yourself. It's programming, right? Mm. So the programming needs to be undone. And that's what we're doing, right? That's what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's undoing, literally undoing. undoing the programming, unlearning, taking the clothes off, and like literally. Peeling the onions of cultural conditioning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True layers of clothing. Mm -hmm. Right, it's almost like taking um, a doll, right? Like mm -hmm. or fa the ideal in fashion would be to be like a doll, mm -hmm. and which is perfect, perfectly molded, mm -hmm. perfectly dressed and styled, and taking off those layers of perfection yeah. and just like the release that comes uh -huh. with that. Mm -hmm. Totally. And then the connection to each other because, uh, you know, when, when that's all removed and you've told your story and the story has this mythological quality that like the other person, like the other person, like the other person, and that one can relate to the other person, even though on the outside you may think you have absolutely nothing in common when you have, at the end of the day, you have so much in common, even though your actual experience wasn't the same, but the feelings and the struggles and the process is very similar. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's very important, the differences, and to honor those differences, and to understand those differences, and to value those differences, and not have to control someone to be like you, but at the same time, and, and, and not to be afraid of that, but at the same time, the similarities, and that, you know, and, and at the end of the day, that we are completely connected. Right. Right, it's like universal human experiences that even though the stories or the details of those stories might be different mm -hmm. and unique, that the feelings are the same, mm -hmm. right? That we all feel shame or that we've all gone through like mm -hmm. trauma in our lives. Right. And to just like know that and recognize that and just get freed mm -hmm. <laughs> by other people sharing right. of it and us sharing it. It's so yeah. powerful. And like right now we're, I think we're, it's tricky, you know, we've, we go through these different stages depending on what's happening in the world. And like right now, I think there's a, re a one really wonderful, wonderful, amazing and much needed things happening in terms of identity and people who have been very marginalized, having platforms and being able to correct those very wrong things that are in the society. And that's extremely important. But at the same time, it's a little bit concerning to not negate you know, or to feel as if your problem is the worst problem or to not, you know, to not connect at the end of the day, to not draw from each other mm -hmm. and still receive support from each other and still accept that though someone might not have had your exact experience, they may have had, they, they can still understand you and they can still support you and they can still be there for you. And, 
you know, to maintain that connection, I think is very important. And I think it's very important politically um, because I think if we're so fragmented, um, we're going to end up with very big political problems like we already have right now. Like it's, you know, we need to, like minds need to be together. Hmm. Yeah, I do not have a solution for that at all. What's going on out there? But I mean, see, the, the thing with Cy, like you, and, the, and what we're doing is that, like, there's, it, 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 it's a form of activism. Mm -hmm. It's, it's in and of itself to accept yourself and others. And others like that. If, if we could do that, um, we would have a very different world. And I love that because. Um, you know, people go to marches or they sign petitions and then they say, now what? Like, how do I bring it into my life? Like, how do I mm -hmm. keep this going? So through consciously consuming media and through you guys being conscious media creators in that way, like that's one of those very powerful ways to do that, mm -hmm. to keep bringing that kind of understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's got its own, it's its own form of activism. And, and and one that kind of cuts through a lot of the heartfelt. Yeah, it just cuts through a lot of every you know, a lot it cuts to the core. Right. And it's such a different way of doing it. Like I, I wish and I hope that when people listen to this they they get a broader understanding for what activism could be and and even that they could bring it into so many different facets of their own life. Like how much more fun would getting dressed be if you're like, this is my political statement or this is like my message to the world or mm -hmm. it, I, I think it's really powerful what you're talking about. It is. Or like how uh, that, everything from that to like how powerful it is to like as a form of activism to just like share your truth, like really without any bullshit and then help other people through that. And then judge each other less because you're all being really honest and loving and receive yeah, like just that, like that connection and ability to not judge each other based on just the, the first, you know, the outside. Yeah. Also true. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're <laughs> really illuminating, right? Like it's the outside and the inside, mm -hmm. right? Like so many people think that they can't say what they really want to say. Or I, I read somebody wrote, um, something that they like her, were in Walmart and they saw like a five-year-old like scream her head off in an mm -hmm. aisle and then was like, oh, I feel so much better. Uh -huh. And she was like super jealous. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, like that, uh -huh. that's really what we all want is that kind of release or to give ourselves mm -hmm. the freedom to just like express yeah. what, mm -hmm. what's going on inside mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. That my, I had an astrology reading like last, a year ago and she, she said something that like, I like that something about my chart is like into like I, I'm very obsessed with people's like darkest parts of themselves and struggle, and then I like think it's be a good thing, a yeah. beautiful thing, and that that's like core to my chart. And I was like, ding ding, yeah, like <laughs> I did, it doesn't. It's like shocks me when I see situations where people are like, where they think things like that are too much. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's mm -hmm. not too much. It's like everything. It's like but why well, we're here is right. to hear the lightest, right? Yeah. To bring it back, right? <laughs> yeah, we're planning on being more and more global with this. Um, we have a lot of requests for that. So we're hoping that we can support that and keep doing that. We have a couple of, we have seasons uh, from Paris and Berlin coming up. Um, right. And um, yeah, and we're finishing our, we're finishing our documentary this year, which we're really excited about. What's the um, documentary about? 
It's going to be this, and it's going to be like a whole 360 of more of like why we're doing this and the whole story. And we've got a couple of really amazing surprises that nobody has seen anything like it in there um, that will be very poignant and like very supportive of Style Like You and what the message is and all the amazing people that have expressed themselves with us. And um, I don't know, like we're, we're getting back to our other video series uh, and new ones. Um, this year, and um, and then we have a book that came out in the spring, right? Um, called True Style is What's Underneath the Self Acceptance Revolution. So we, it's it's really like having a little um, chicken soup for the soul, you know, next to your bed or whatever, or to give to a friend because it's 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 about um, a, hun- a little over a hundred of the people that we featured, which was very hard to pick out of. I'm sure, and. Um, and it's a combination of closets and a combination of what's underneath, but kind of our journey from the one to the other. And then broken up into chapters, manifestos, a seven that, of things that we've learned about how you can start to begin to practice self-acceptance. And, and um, yeah, so. So on that note, actually, is there any manifesto or any like piece of wisdom you want to share with people that are listening to this podcast something they could take away or like a practice for themselves or like a reminder for themselves i mean we can just repeat what they are go for it so um so uh disentangle style from fashion is the first Mm -hmm. um dress to express your inner spirit uh consume consciously which is about not just green but like consume what what are you taking in um, and, and each chapter is like yeah the mindful act of style and like and and it touches on cultural appropriation and a couple of other you know from very from all different points of view and and just um, just what it is to, to consciously consume like what are you looking at what are you taking in is it empowering to you is it disempowering and it's all every chapter as I said is supported by the people that it's all the peoples and their stories mm-hmm. the subject um, be unapologetically yourself I'll hand over the Last three chapters. Last three are um, turn your struggles into strengths, embrace your unique identity, and create your own definition of beauty. So those are the seven chapters of our book. Awesome. And what we call our our manifesto for the self acceptance revolution. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, ladies, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're so busy and you're talking to so many people. So thank you for sharing your words. And I'm coming out from behind the camera to share your thoughts and experiences. Thank you for thank having you. us. We yeah. love doing this. So oh, awesome. especially it. with people like you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It's a total. Exchange, even exchange. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. All right, well, thanks everyone for joining us for this episode, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Radically Selfish Podcast. I want to give a shout out to Lily and Elisa. Thank you so much for bearing your souls and sharing everything about your working relationship. It's so inspiring to me. Thanks to Nikki Thomas, my amazing producer, and to Ducks for my very favorite theme music for this podcast. You should check out Lily and Elisa's work. Style Like You is a YouTube channel that's full of amazing content. And while you're on the internet, you can also check out my Instagram, which is at Radically Selfish. I usually end every podcast asking my listeners to do you, because if you don't, who will? 
And that's why I'm launching an amazing live mastermind coaching group this month called Do You. If you're inspired, if you're looking for a way to prioritize yourself, if you have a dream, or if you just want to learn how to listen to your heart and your intuition, then Do You is for you, and you'll be able to work with me in a small group one-on-one. If you're curious, shoot me an email or hit me up on Instagram DMs, and I'll tell you all about it. Have a great day. Chapter of my life, keep it in